All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the Creators Lounge podcast. I, of course, am your host Ben Jay, and we have a super cool episode lined up today. I can't wait to get into it. So, without further ado, my friend, please introduce yourself. What is your name? Where are you from? What do you do? Hi guys, I'm Tycoon. Um, in real life, my name is Russell. Uh, that's where I'm going to leave it. But I actually am a lo-fi hip-hop producer right now, uh, based out of Los Angeles, California. Uh, I've been making beats for a couple years now, but I'm just now like putting my stuff out there and kind of proud of it. Um, and that's that's everything about me, really. All right, man. That sounds great. So a lot of the audience is probably not going to be familiar with you just yet. So let's start talking about your sound, first of all. As I was doing prep for the episode, I went back and listened to some of the old stuff. And uh, something that hit me was how your sound has kind of grown and matured over the years. So you had like a lot of electronic influence previously, and now it's a little more chilled out. Talk to us about the evolution of your sound. How have you, where did you start from, and how did you get to where you are now? Yeah. Um, so actually... I grew up listening to a lot of Passion Pit. I really love Passion Pit a lot. Uh, that first album, Manners, is just one of my favorite albums. I probably listened to like Kingdom Come, I think maybe every day when I was 15. I just listened to it all the time. Um, and I still, love, I still love that whole album. So that's definitely where the electronic influence comes from. And uh, Probably the first song I made on Ableton was like this cute little synthy song. Uh, and I really love synths a lot. I love Washed Out, uh, one of my favorite artists. A lot of my influences have started with electronic, like trying to really grasp MIDI keyboards and also synthesizers. Um, like another one of my favorite uh, synth artists is Neon Indian. Really love Neon Indian's work. Uh, actually, his album International Night School, like Vega International, is probably one of my favorite albums of all time. I think I listen to it once a week. Um, but other than that, I mean, I have a lot of influences. Like, I really love David Bowie. I really love jazz stuff, like um, Chet Baker, especially Chet Baker right now. I'm listening to a lot of him. He's just, he knows what he's doing. I, I go long-winded, so I'm going to just stop here. Yeah, dude, I love it. I love all the mix of influence you have. So in those early days, because you were inspired by Passion Pit and Neon Indian, were you trying to like imitate their stuff? Or like what was, the, what was going through your mind when you were doing production and being inspired by those guys? Right. So I'd say that at a point, everything I'm doing is trying to replicate what I really like. What I like to listen to, I'll start kind of like, how, how do I write a bass line like that? Or how do I write chords like that? Uh, how do I do effects like that? And I'll kind of start there. And then once I've got that down, I'll finish a song and then I'll throw it away. And then I'll, I'll do a new song with those techniques, but like trying not to sound like someone else. Um, but that's like the main thing really, is it's, a, it's all about learning how to do the stuff that you like and then implementing it. For sure, man, for sure. Yeah, I think that's what every artist, um, that might be a blanket statement, but I think most artists are trying to do is try to express themselves to the fullest capability that they have, right? Yeah. And uh, so what I'm curious about for you is compared to when you first started to where you are now, how well do you think you were able to express the stuff that you like? Oh, yeah. Um, so it's just, it's also, it's also all about 
kind of cultivating your own style, right? And I feel like you start making the best music that you can when you really know what you like. When you know exactly what you like and what genres you want to bend together, that's that's when your stuff really starts to shine because it starts to sound wholly unique. Um, and when I first started, I remember just kind of doing like cutesy stuff. I still do cute melodies, like that's my whole thing, um, and I'm like deadly aware of it. But um, self awareness for the win, man. <laughs> exactly, I'm I'm 100% self awareness. Uh, so I just like. I really like the idea of, of starting somewhere simple and making it more difficult and then stripping it back. Um, and when I first started, it was, it was really all about trying to do way too much, like trying to make the perfect song, trying to do all these things perfectly. And I think that imperfection is actually a lot of, a lot of what the music making process is about. I think I read somewhere like a quote that's just, uh, I forgot who said it but I read it yesterday. It said, perfection is the uh, enemy of progress. But I love that quote. And yeah. you just that, that's something I want to dig into a little bit more because um, the majority of artists who I meet, they really struggle against that um, idea of perfectionism. And, uh, and I mean, people have different opinions. It could be a good thing or a bad thing. But like you said, the main thing I notice is that it really holds back progress. So even for myself as a as an artist in my early days, I would spend like days and then weeks and then months on like one song, you know, thinking, oh, this is going to be the, the greatest thing, like the magnum opus of my career. And then like you put it out there and it, it's you, you kind of like you look back and like, oh, it wasn't that good, you know? Yeah. So um, exactly. have you struggled with that? Like, did you start off as a perfectionist? Are you still a perfectionist? Oh, yeah. So I'm I'm still a perfectionist. I I really, like, if I'm sitting on a song, I'll sit on a song for, like, a really long time. And it'll just be, like, little tweaks here and there, you know, like, oh, I think maybe this could use, like, a little bit more mid-range in the EQ. Or maybe I should compress this less and, like, let it breathe. That kind of thing. Like, all these little tiny, little tiny things that I'll just obsess over. Um, but ultimately, like, sometimes I'll just tell myself, okay, we, we got to stop. This one's ready. And I'll just put it out, and you know, at the time, like, uh, I'll I'll think this is the best thing I've ever written. Um, I'm getting better, and then like a week later, I'll be working on another thing, and I'll be like, that song sucks. <laughs> so yeah, I, I go through that like all the time, honestly. Like, yeah, a little bit of push and pull. It sounds like then sometimes you do put the the time in to make it perfect. Other times you kind of like say like this is it. So it's a little bit like a. It's kind of like a mixture. Take. It's. It's yeah. like I, I make everything as perfect as I can, and then I compromise with myself, and I release yeah. it, and then it's, got it, and then man. I learn how to do it better. Yeah, and then another question on this real quick. To you, is it something, is perfection is something that you want to completely like rid yourself of, or is it something you want to keep living with? I think I want to keep living with it. I think perfection is like the, the attainable goal of perfection. If that's possible, the attainable goal of perfection is something that I want to just like live by. <laughs> I feel like it's attainable. I, I don't know how to do it, but it's got to be there. I mean, Kevin Parker's kind of figured it out. He's got it. Love it, man. Love it. You've got the drive to, to make it a reality. So stick with mm -hmm. it, man. Keep figuring it out. Uh, and then for someone like you who has like been on that journey of like finding their sound, expressing themselves how they want to be expressed, 
what are some things you've learned that you can tell the audience on like how to develop their sound, how to express themselves through music? What have you learned oh, yeah. over the years? Sure, yeah. I mean, uh, so I just like a lot of music. I listen to way too much music, like a lot of genres. There's not like a single genre I don't like. There is a genre I hate, and it's just country music, but uh, <laughs> everything else I like. Um, so I listen to a lot of music. I have a bunch of playlists. I build playlists, and I kind of like listen to that playlist. And it's usually like a mood is that that playlist is a mood or a specific genre. And I, I used to do this thing where I would I would like come up with a name for like an album or an EP that would never come out, and then that would be the playlist. And I would just listen to all those songs on loop, and kind of like try writing stuff similar to it. But I've stopped doing that. But it did actually really help me like figure out what I want to do because that's that's how I figured out like what chords I really like, what key I like writing in, what tempos I like the most, that kind of thing. But it's it's really not about doing like a thing that is set in stone and and works for somebody. Like I feel like everyone's different. For me, like the the one thing that's constant is just playing around like i just play around and enjoy what i'm making and if if i don't enjoy it i'll just stop working on it because it's not worth it i shouldn't i shouldn't try to make something that i don't like even if someone else might like it if i don't like it that's there's no point in making it because like the music process is all about making what you like yeah dude so. great point and and like you said i mean it's really a journey of self-discovery and so it's, mm -hmm. it's not like we can just like have a textbook and like, you know, follow these rules, you will express yourself fully. Um, yeah. But yeah, you definitely have to learn as you, as you go. Um, and so coming to where you are right now, do you like the music that you make? Okay, that's a hard question. <laughs> it's a tough question, especially for yeah. artists. I know how self-critical we are of ourselves. I'm definitely self-critical. Um, I, I like my music. Like like I said in the last like question, if I don't like it, I don't finish it. So if I put if I put a song out, it's because I think like I could listen to this casually and I like it, I enjoy it, and I hope other people will like it. So yeah, I mean I I like listen to my own stuff and be like, do I do I still like this? Yeah, I haven't deleted anything yet, but if I stop liking something, I'll delete it probably. <laughs> gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Okay, and then that's talking about right now. Let's let's give the, the next ultimate question. Looking back oh. at your old stuff, like how do you feel about your old stuff? Is it embarrassing to you? <laughs> do you have like a pride in it? Like, what's your relationship with your past music? Yeah, so some of my stuff I definitely do hate. I used to. So my SoundCloud right now. I mean, I'm Tycoon. Um, like a couple months ago, I was DJ Lil C Span. Tycoon is here to stay. Uh, but before DJ Lil C Span, rest in peace, DJ Little DJ. R.I.P. R.I.P. DJ Lil C Span. Yeah, uh, the EP is still up on my SoundCloud. First fight. I do like those songs, but it's definitely not what I'm trying to do now. I think that EP was like a part of the learning process for me. Uh, it's it's a little bit harder. It's not like you can't relax to it. I still like it. That's why it's not deleted. But I'd say the stuff from CT Crunch. That stuff is is rough. You're digging <laughs> way far back with that, so <laughs> There's, you won't you won't find any CT crunch. It's anyway. all been it's all been thrown in the archive, burned. Yeah, it's, 
<laughs> Who knows? Maybe maybe one day you'll go back and remix it or something. Let it maybe drop. one day someone will find it. I mean, I can't find it. There we go. Okay, web hackers, get on that. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, I, I feel ya. Um, yeah, like you said, I mean, I think the deal with looking back at old songs is the context. So understanding that, like, where you were, that was where you were at the time, you know, and not judging yeah. yourself because at that point, like, you were doing the best that you could. And so even though now you're better, it's not like you can, like, judge your past self for that. You know, exactly. it, it's all part of the process of figuring stuff out. That was all, like, five years ago. I mean, like, I can't blame myself for trying five years ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the comparison is just not equal anymore. No, it's not. So yeah, when I when I started a long like I've been writing a long time, like most of my life. I've been doing musical stuff. I started playing the drums when I was like twelve or four no, twelve thirteen. 
I was 13. And I've played all throughout high school. I was actually a jazz drummer in, in high school. Um, so I've always been musical in that way. And I've always loved jazz, like, so much. Um, and then, like, coming into college, I started, like, writing my own music with a MIDI keyboard. Um, but then one of my friends, like, kind of, he actually, so I have to get more personal, I guess. I was trying to be a little less personal. Okay, but, we're um, dig into the history in, now. We're digging into the history. In college, I, um, I made short films. I was actually a film minor and stuff. And uh, I just couldn't find music that I liked for my films. So I started just kind of writing it for my movies. Um, I didn't like any of it, you know, all the music out there. And then one guy, I had a super sad scene. My friend Tommy Fitzgerald. Maybe I shouldn't name drop him like that. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry Tommy. My friend, my friend Tommy, he makes great music on SoundCloud. Check him out, Oculot, O-C-U-L-A-T. Uh, and he, like, introduced me to, like, the lo-fi hip-hop thing, kind of. Like, uh, I'd been shown it before, but he showed me it, and he was like, this would be great for your short film. He showed me Beside You, actually, um, and I, I listened to the song French Inhale, and it just blew me away. Uh, and then another friend of mine at the time, Alex, he, he was sampling a lot, and I was just, like, really surprised by it. Obviously, I like samples, you know, like, I love My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and other stuff by Kanye. I think Kanye is, like, the first time I really realized that sampling was a big deal when I was, like, younger, you know? But, yeah, my friend Alex sampled a lot, and, like, his music that he showed me just, like, blew me away. And then I started playing with samples and, like, dropping them into Ableton. Um, but now that I finally have an SP, like, I can actually do the samples right. Swag, man. That's super cool. That's really, really cool. And I love the impact that, like, a, a song or a genre can make on you, like, the first time that you hear it. Um, what yeah, was it I remember you... everywhere I was when I heard, like, French inhale. Like, I remember everything about that moment. <laughs> right, dude. It's really, like, crystallized up in your memory. What was it that, that struck you about, about hearing the song? Walk us through that moment. I just, I remember hearing the song and the sample is playing and it's just like this really soft, like cooing almost. But then what really struck me was the hip hop, like drum beat, you know, it was just so simple. Like it's very, you know, boom bap. And then the whole, the jazz sample just looping. Like there's just something about the loop it in other like songs, you know, if something loops for too long, it just becomes redundant. But with lo-fi hip-hop, it just works so well. Like, that's, that's the vibe it's going for, the aesthetic that it's all about. And it captivated me. Like, I was, like, stuck in that moment with the song. Love it, man. It's really, really cool. And so now that you're using sampling in your music, like, um, what's some of the thoughts and feelings you want to convey with the samples that you choose? Right. Um, so, really, my whole process for sampling is... Uh, in every day, whatever I'm doing, if I like something that I hear, like it sounds very musical to me, I'll like make a note of it in my phone or on paper or whatever. And then I'll find it later and I'll just go on YouTube and rip it. Cause I don't have um, like a, a means of ripping from vinyl yet. I have a bunch of RCA cables, so I'm excited to like start trying to do that. But YouTube works really well. I mean, YouTube to MP3 converters, they're out there. Like, just use them. It's, it's no big deal. Like, it's great. It sounds really good on, off of vinyl. It's classic. It's, it's 
the way to do it. But I mean, if you're out there with like a, a early setup and you want to just start sampling, like just do it on YouTube. It's like, it's that easy. And so what I'll do really is I'll just like kind of, I'll, I'll get like a full rip of the song and then I'll just kind of play around with it. Like what sounds good here next to this. And it's, you listen for parts in the song that are melodic or are like, in the same key you know and then you just play them together you're just building a song you know that's what the sample is it's it's a part of your song you're twisting it to be something new I guess. yep i love it man for sure uh and then i know that for a lot of uh, people who do sampling it's kind of sporadic they kind of just listen for stuff and pick it up as they go that being said is there any specific song that you want to work into um a track of your own like a certain oh. song you want to sample I can't, I can't divulge that information. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really afraid someone will like, I, I'll, I'll like put a song up on my Instagram one day and then I'll like delete it. I'll like, no one will know that I posted it. Cause I'll be like, this is such a cool song. And then I'll think someone else is going to sample that. <laughs> so, yeah. Got it, man. Got it. So top I really like, I like Gene Pickney. That's all I'll say. Okay. So yeah. we need to look forward to a Gene Pickney sample in the future. Very, Maybe. very exciting. Can't wait for that. And Maybe. yeah, you mentioned just now about um, about posting stuff on Instagram. And that is something that's interesting about you is you're really, really active um, across social media, like with the stuff that you upload, uh, which isn't common, I feel like, for a lot of, of producers, especially lo-fi producers. But I love how you're doing so much content um, across social media. What's the motivation for that? Like, why did you start sharing stuff like that? Uh, so the motivation is mostly from seeing my my like lo-fi idols I, i'm gonna say that's like the wrong word you know like i look up to them they're like they're these these are the guys that are making music i really like um and i just saw that they had a presence on instagram so it just kind of seemed like a no-brainer for me you know i tried posting my stuff on reddit people don't listen you know they sometimes do but they don't really listen i find so instagram is is good for me because i feel like I'm like a very, I have that background in video editing from college and stuff, so I can make my own videos. It's like easy to do for me. And you just play the music and people actually listen to it because they're curious. I, that's what I really like about the Instagram video like thing. But yeah, I think I found my ex, my ex music. I hope I'm saying that right. Maya, I'm sorry if I'm not. Um, yeah, but I found my ex music and I really liked it. Uh, and then I found his Instagram page, and I liked his videos. And then I, I also saw Gunny makes hip hop, you know, and he's he's got great videos. And then Lo-Fi Vibe, I mean, I found the Lo-Fi Vibe, and I love I love that Instagram community. If you guys should definitely check that out. Um, I saw the videos that they were reposting, and I was like, "There's a lot of people doing this," so I just jumped on board. Yeah, and one more, our our mutual buddy Casper Linmore. He's been sharing his stuff live. That stuff. That's dope. I love his. I love yeah. the mood of his content. Casper. Casper has just nailed down an aesthetic that I love so much. I really like all of his albums. I mean, he's he released two last year, and um, they're just so smooth. He just really knows what he's doing when it comes to those samples. I I feel like watching him in the last like couple months, uh, since I met him, like watching him and how he works has definitely influenced how I go about finding a sample. Yeah, Casper's a really special dude. Um, I remember finding his stuff through Bootleg Boy, and then I hit him up on Instagram and asked him to be the guest on podcast. He was the first guest that ever came 
on the show. No yeah, and now here we are, like, 19 episodes later. Uh, but, yeah, I just love, I love his content. And I just, like, when I first heard it, I knew. I was like, there's something special about this kid. And so yeah. it's been really cool to see how much content he's put out and, like, how well he's doing. So, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, back to the video editing you do. I, that's a really great point, man. That's what I love about your videos is, like, the high uh, quality of it. And like you said, it's because of your background in video. Um, but yeah, it really, that captures my attention a lot, like seeing how clean it looks and like the, the whole setup you use. So kudos on that. Keep it up. I really love that. Thanks. What, I don't think it's so clean. <laughs> it's what are the difficulties uh, to sharing stuff on, on Instagram and sharing that kind of content that you do? Yeah, so on Instagram, what's difficult is like there's like this new algorithm problem I've been reading about. Like uh, people have been noticing it. Like maybe a couple months ago, like I could get a lot of views on a video um, just through using hashtags, but the algorithms change, so like there's way less views. It's just exposure problems, but I'm not like upset about it because like no one used to listen to my stuff before, and now it's just just by having Instagram there and putting my stuff up somewhere in like a format that people can view and watch like enjoyably. That's better than nothing. So. I, I guess just the challenges are like hashtags not working, but I mean, if I could live in a world without hashtags, I'd be happy. Right. So. Yeah, no, I feel, man. I feel, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's that's one of the difficulties uh, to Instagram or all the social media is this stuff like shadow banning or problems with the algorithm. But like you said, it's important to not get too caught up on that stuff because it's so temporary. Like, you know, it'll get walked out. It's, it's more about the art and, uh, you know, sharing it. Um, yeah. But, you know, listen to difficulties, it's still worth it to you to share stuff on, on social, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the way I see it is if you're making music and, like, you want to be making music, like, if if people aren't listening and you want people to listen, then you got to do something about it, you know? Like, so, some for some people, sharing on Reddit works. And for some people, just posting on SoundCloud works. Like, sometimes the SoundCloud algorithm works and all of a sudden... Like, 50 people are listening, and they're all reposting it. Uh, other times, you need to make a really cool video and post it on Instagram, and people will go check out your SoundCloud. <laughs> you know? Definitely, man, definitely. And we're kind of talking a little bit about, like, self-promotion here and sharing your own stuff. Um, I do know that a lot of creators are a little bit uh, introverted, and so they, they're not as comfortable with sharing stuff like that. Uh, for yourself, do you consider yourself more of an extrovert, more of an introvert, and how does that play into you? openly sharing stuff on social media i'm i'm an extrovert uh i've taken i've taken some tests i'm i think i'm 100 percent extroverted I, I don't feel shy about most things like when you said let's do this podcast i was like okay <laughs> um but yeah i i do get i get like nervous about sharing a song though because that's that's more personal than me it feels like like a song is is something that i made because that's how i feel uh so yeah, that kind of gets iffy, but I mean, otherwise, like, I just, you got to be confident, you know, you got to just put it out there, so. Right, man. Confidence is, is the big thing, and I don't know, you may or may not have any tips for the audience on that, but how, how would you suggest for the audience to kind of gain that confidence in sharing stuff publicly? Yeah, so uh, I guess the biggest thing that's helped me, though, because I still get unconfident about songs, like, if I'm not sure how they're going to be received. But the best way, the best way to really think about it is like, 
it, it's, it's about how I want the song to be received. Like, do I like the song? Does it do something for me? If so, then just put it out there. But the thing that helped me a lot was like making a list, like, like making a workflow that, that gets me to putting it on the internet. Because if like a song, if, if I'm feeling bad about it, it's, it's mostly because I haven't planned, like how, how am I going to put it out there? So I like make a little note and I'm like, this is step one, this is step two, then reevaluate, you know? And, and it's really just like feeling good about the process, I guess, for me anyway. If I don't feel good about the process, like, then I don't feel confident. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. I agree. I, I think that, like you said, whenever you don't kind of have a plan or you don't have like something in mind, that's kind of whenever stuff like anxiety or procrastination kind of kicks in because right. you know, you're kind of directionless and so you can kind of lose your, your train of thought and then lose your motivation and then lose your confidence. So it's kind of a downward spiral. Spiral. That's that's what I'm trying to say, but you're yeah. saying it better. <laughs> <laughs> I had time to think while you were talking. That's all it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Speaking of procrastination, uh, do you procrastinate? And what's your choice methods of procrastination? My favorite way to procrastinate is right now play Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, I play way too much Red Dead Redemption 2. I haven't even beat the game yet. I think yesterday, like, I was like, I'm just going to rip through the last couple missions of this game. And then I, like, saw a deer. I went hunting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Awesome. Uh, yeah, the, the other the other means of procrastinating. I've just been watching a lot of anime. Yeah, I'm watching Cowboy Bebop again. Uh, I finished Death Note over Christmas, which was I finished Death Note Christmas Eve. That was depressing. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> great yeah, timing. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yes, dude, I love that. Death Note and Cowboy Bebop are seriously classics. They're so good. Mm-hmm. Um, My favorite just... anime is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Okay, I was gonna ask. I was like, you need to give us the give us the information. Like, what's your top three top three anime of all time? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I got Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, just real close to my heart. Um, this is a weird answer, but I'm gonna just do it. Clanad, I love Clanad. Romance animes, I need more of them. Like, where are they? Someone send me suggestions, please. Like, at me Tycoon Lofi on Instagram. Send yeah, me guys, get on that ASAP. Please do it. Uh, and then I, I really, uh, hmm, what's my third one? Hmm, I, I really liked finishing Attack on Titan season three. I don't know. It's not my favorite though. That's a really big, like, variety of anime. Like, we went from, like, sad to <laughs> Sad to romance. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. I like that. But it, it's, it's Let's true for, it. I think it's reflective of you though, because like you said, like, you've already name dropped a big variety of musicians everyone from chet baker to kanye west you know passion characters all across the spectrum i love that i love that well i want you to know how much i appreciate this really what the room number benjamin i think you want to tell me that you're absolutely right
a room, please. Single room or a double room? Single, just for myself, please. Sign the register, please. back to the music um what is kind of your goal what is your mission as a musician so my mission right now I, I guess my mission is to just keep achieving goals so i like set little goals for myself like last year i was like let's kind of nail down a song a sound like let's figure out my sound and like just really make a couple songs that sound like that and now it's like now my goal is let's get on some compilation like, let's do that. Um, and all the while, like, work on an album. Like, I'm tired of doing EPs. I'm done. I figured it out. I think the next thing is an album. Uh, don't know when, but I have a name. Um, yeah, an album. That's my goal right now, is an album and a compilation. There's, like, something... There's, a, there's one that I'm applying for for March. Uh, forget what it is. It's, like, it's on my phone background. So I don't forget. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I'll get in, obviously. I got to be confident, though. I got to be confident. Right, um, yeah. Futures Volume 6 by Internotion Records. Like, that would be crazy if I could get on that. I don't think it's going to happen, but you got to try. You got to try, so. And now we have this we have this bookmark, so, like, if it does come happen, like, we're going to look back and, like, see this clip and, like, remember that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, Best of luck, yeah. man. Best of luck. I hope that does work out. <clears throat> so I like how you're talking, though, about, like, having, like, these goals and everything. Um, I'm curious though where that came from. Like, is that something that like you grew up around, like goal setting and achieving stuff, or is that something you kind of like grew into as you became older? I definitely think I grew into it. I think that if if I didn't have to achieve anything in my life, I would be a slacker. Like, I the natural way that my my body works is like, eh. like I'm I'm just a slacker. I don't know. I'm I'm such a slacker, and that's I really do procrastinate a lot. But the thing that gets me through it is planning and like telling myself, like, you just have to do this. Like, you want this, so you have to do this, you know? And if you don't do that, then, then you're just going to be here forever. Um, you know, I guess. That's, that's a little morbid. <laughs> it's that's really, it's that. really intriguing, actually. I find it really interesting because, like you said, like, you're initially a slacker, but then at the same time, like, you make yourself do this stuff. Like, where's the trigger there? Like, why... Like, what made you realize that you needed to do, to set goals and to have plans? Like, how did that come into play? I feel like it was, um, 
like, I don't know, I kind of coasted through high school. Like, I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't do anything crazy in high school, and I also didn't, like, slack off all the way. Like, I got my work done, but I, like, just coasted, you know what I mean? And then I, I went to college, and college was suddenly, like, I need to work. <laughs> so I think that's really it. I, I figured out my workflow and, like, how to finish college. Like, I had to finish college, so... Yeah, I because I'm a slacker, like if I didn't come up with a plan for like every day, I would just not have graduated. And I think that kind of forced me to figure out like how to go about making music and also having goals. I like that. Yeah, and, that's a bad yeah. answer. That's probably not correct. No, no, I get it. And I think that's really true. I mean, there's something about that urgency when you're in university that like you have to finish it and it sometimes it's like an internal thing, but a lot of the time it's also like an external thing, like your parents like <laughs> telling you or your friends telling yeah. you. And yeah, It's also I, like subconscious though. I know. Like you're in college and you're like, at some, it's not like I clicked at some point, you know? It's kind of like I had class the next day, I had homework, and then I had to like meet up with some friends. And then all the while, like I bought a MIDI keyboard out of nowhere. And then, you know, it's like all of this happened organically like i had to sit down and make a plan if i wanted to have time to do this i guess i didn't like think about it i like it man real quick uh, if you could shoot a quick message like to anybody who's walking this watching this who is like a slacker or or struggles with motivation like what would you tell them like what kind of advice would you give them or encouragement i'm gonna give bad advice first it's okay yeah just you know go for fine. it go for it no that's my advice like yeah you're all right Oh, okay. My, my, it's okay. Just Very low-key. Okay. But um, my second advice is if you don't like slacking off, like, you know, then you know that. You know, you can acknowledge that. Like, you know it. You know it deep down. So just like today, not tomorrow, because that's, that's what I do is like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Just like not, not tomorrow. Do it today. Like, do something today that leads towards your goal, you know? And and don't like think, oh, there's so much to do to get there. Think, I did one thing today, and that's one thing closer. It's like tomorrow, I can do another thing, no matter how small. Like as long as you're, as long as it leads towards where you're going, like that's awesome. I think when I first started, like for instance, I would lay down a chord, and then I'd go, that's pretty cool, and I'd leave it. And then the next day, I'd come back and do something else, you know. And, you know, if you're a night owl, you can slack off during the day and work at night and get no sleep. That's also what I do. <laughs> man, I love it. Tycoon, you're, you're sharing some great stuff today, man. Uh, and we'll back again to the self-awareness because I like how you acknowledge that you're a slacker, but you also take the, the reverse actions to walk with that. And so you don't like judge yourself or hate yourself for being a slacker. It's more like, yes, I'm a slacker. I love that. And here's how I get stuff done. Here's how I live a life that makes me happy. That's really yeah. cool. It's really cool, man. How how Thanks. did you how did you come to that? By the way, do you think it was like a, a outside influence or? I think I've been single too long. <laughs> I think that's the real answer. Yeah, I think that's the real answer. Is like you just you just kind of slack off and enjoy what you're doing, and then you're like, I can't just do this all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's uh, great. That's not a, I don't know. Yeah. No, that's a, that's that's good, man. I like that. And real quick, because you talked, you know, about like taking steps towards your goals and obviously, you know, you've been pretty successful as a musician already. Do you feel successful as a musician? No. I had to pause, though. You know, I, 
I, I don't. I mean, I just feel like a guy. I, I'm a guy. I, I just, like, live in this room, you know? Like, like uh, I won't feel successful as a musician until the album's out, probably. Like, then, if I put out an album, like, by the end of the year, then I'll feel successful. Like, success for me is, is like, being proud of what I've made. Um, like numbers, numbers are nice. Like seeing exposure and stuff, that's awesome. But I don't, I don't know. I don't think success is measured by who's listening or how many people are listening. But I mean, it is nice that people are listening now. I feel like I feel better. I don't feel successful. Definitely not. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I think that success is uh, like an internal thing, whereas like numbers and exposure, that could be like a confirmation. Or like uh, it can speak to the success, you know, for itself. Yeah, because I, uh, I, I'm just afraid of getting cocky. I don't want to get cocky. I feel like I could. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, this is my personality. No, I know. I know what you mean, man. And that's. I think that's a trait of a lot of successful people is like their humbleness and their gratitude and stuff. They keep that with them. Um, yeah. Looking more, because you have talked a little bit about your short term, your short term uh, like goals and stuff. What are some long term heights you hope to reach as a musician? Oh man, long-term goal. Yeah, I don't want to give too much pressure, so you don't have to go like, too deep into it. But I, I was curious about some stuff you're looking to do. I I think I'm just the kind of person that doesn't really make long-term goals. You know, like I just I just work day to day. But if I had to like think, and I had to think of a long-term goal, I would love. I would love so much to like. Have, a couple songs. I don't know. A long-term goal. I just want people. I just want people to like my music. You know, I I want people to like. If someone like like the the best thing in the world is like getting a message from a fan who's like your music really helped me. Like that's awesome, because it, it helped me. Like that's cool. I just like that bond like with people. Love yeah. that. Love that man. Yeah, making an impact on people. It's it's really it's something else, man. It's something else. It's cool because you don't expect to do it. Yeah, right? And then when it happens, it's kind of like, oh, I was doing yeah. something right. <laughs> it's, it's shocking. Like, it's shocking. For sure. Moving back to the lo-fi scene, um, who are some of the top producers in the game right now? Oh, huh. okay. Uh, my favorites, I really like Azul Lamar. I really like Casper Lindmark. I love Mayek. Uh, I also really like Lo-Fi Hokage. His his last album is really good, and Gunny, they're really good. Sleep Dealer, I'll always love Beside You. Yeah, those are my favorites. Yeah, dude, those are some great yeah. ones. I'm familiar with them as well. I know the lo-fi scene is very uh, flooded, you could say. There's just so many oh, people oh. music into it. One more, I really like Nobushi. Yeah, underrated. Underrated. Yeah. <laughs> Look him up, guys. Nobushi, it's great. <laughs> What is one of the best things about the lo-fi hip-hop scene, in your opinion? Hmm. I think the best thing about the lo-fi hip-hop scene is the lo-fi vibe. I mean, I just, like, really like... I, I like how genuine that guy is when he, like... He's, he's like, featuring these artists because he really likes that music, you know? And, and, and then the community, like, comes around that idea and, like, we all like this music. It's all just, like good vibes everyone's just making music they like and sharing it because they like it I don't know, that's really cool to me i come from a background of like college radio so 
just anybody like sharing music and liking music that's good in my book i love music i think that's the most important thing so lo-fi hip-hop is just a cool community that shares music that they like i like it man yeah the community definitely <clears throat> uh, on the flip side i'm not sure if you have an answer or not it's fine if you don't what's one of the worst things about the lo-fi hip-hop scene I'm, I'm not a fan of people becoming like obsessed with like how it's made right like for instance there will be like somebody will like make a really good song under a kai mpk mini you know and someone else will be like yeah but they quantized it like maybe the song worked with quantize like you know like not everyone can swing their hi-hats like not everyone can do that it takes a lot of practice but maybe the song calls for it i don't know that's an unpopular opinion i mean i personally would not do quantize like on a beat but i also don't hate if someone did i guess you know what i mean or someone sampling some someone like sampling a song but they don't like chop it up that's okay i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna chop it probably because I get a little self-conscious about that. Like if I if I lay down a beat on a on a sample that I really like, I'll literally think someone is going to call me out on this. I better chop it. But I I wish that wasn't a thing. Like if you find a good sample, it's a good sample. I guess. That's what I don't. I know I know what you mean and I, that's not even restricted to lo-fi. I mean, I think that goes across um the entire music making spectrum. People right. who have, you know, ideas on like how this genre has to be produced and this isn't this and Right, like look this. at look at the history of it yeah. and understand it. I mean, yeah, you can look at you can look at the history of something and understand it and really respect it. But you can also, you know, like this is all a process. Like if you release something and you did it one way, that isn't how someone else liked, right? That shouldn't matter. Like it, it's all about expression. Like I think music is all about expression. If you're expressing yourself honestly and you had to use certain techniques in order to do that expressiveness, like. You know, you're not you're not there yet. I'm not there yet. It's it's just all about expression, and I think if anything else gets in the way, like that's just ego, probably. Truth, man. Truth, big big truth right there. Like you said, music is self-expression, and then mm -hmm. whereas genre is just kind of a classification. I mean, that's how we can find these different songs and stuff. It doesn't like yeah. define the song. It doesn't have to define the song. It's just like it how shouldn't. we can find you know this music. We just it's like a the necessary evil is how I would call it. <laughs> Definitely. I think it's it's so similar to like, I don't know if you guys are like aware of like pitchfork, but it's like reading a pitchfork review, you know, that's like one person's opinion. You know, it shouldn't like make your song suck if they say it sucks. Exactly. I mean pitchfork yeah. can say one thing, billboard can say another. Everybody has yeah. an opinion. <laughs> Classically, like I think one of my favorite albums is by Freelance Wales and it's called Weather Veins, and Pitchfork gave it like a three. <laughs> Like, come on, that's not true. Not a three. Yeah, opinion subject subjective, man. I mean, so much is subjective about opinion, you know, when it comes down to it, especially in the art yeah. world. Uh, <clears throat> what kind of advice would you give to fellow lo-fi producers like yourself? What's some tips you would throw them? Yeah, um, honestly, like, I guess it depends. It depends on what, like, the lo-fi producer is going for you know like if if you have a, if you have problems with like confidence and like putting your music out there just like i feel like i i read something interesting the other day like on snapchat about anxiety and it was it was like you know try doing little things that 
that are scary to you. And if you do them and you see that there's nothing bad that happens from it, then you'll realize like there's nothing to be afraid of. Obviously, I have no anxiety. Like I don't want to tell somebody that like just get over your anxiety because that's not how it works. I understand that. But I guess what I'm saying is take baby steps, you know, like put your stuff out there. You can delete it, maybe put it out there, see what people think and also don't care about what people think. You know, it's like all about you. And then my other advice, I guess, is if you're if you want to make videos, I think the easiest thing to do is learn how to make videos, right? Like you should I I don't like seeing like people like ask like could you make a video for me, right? I feel like everyone we live in like this wonderful era of technology where you can make your own music on your laptop. You can make your own videos on your laptop. You can do everything at home. Like everything can be DIY. And when that's the case, like you can put out content and you don't have to wait for anybody else, you know? So I guess just start making stuff on your own. Like figure it all out. Watch YouTube tutorials. That's what that's what's helped me a lot. Definitely, man. I really, I really, really resonate with that. I think the the kind of the base of what you were saying was like don't be a victim and kind of create your reality. Like take the steps yeah. to create the life you want to live, and that's yes. the, that's something that's really really important. Even for those of us who don't have that kind of drive, I mean, you yourself are identified as a slacker, you know. And then even I'm I'm lazy a lot of the time as well. But it, like like you, I've noticed that like when I actually push myself to do the stuff, like my quality of life increases. Like I'm happier, I do more. So it's kind of yeah. one of those things where you like, get out of the comfort zone to really create the world you want to live in. Yeah, I had a teacher who used to say, like, um, never be comfortable. You should always be, like, a little bit uncomfortable. It's true, man. I mean, that's part of the, the, the brain wiring, to be honest. Like, how we're, we're trained as human beings to live and exist is to, to avoid pain, you know, seek comfort. But yeah. we don't get that growth unless we're experiencing the discomfort. So it's kind of like we got to fight against our own selves, basically. That's why breakups are so good, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Says, the, says the single man. <laughs> single man is like another, That's that would be a good band name, single man. Uh, like the Naked Brothers band. Never mind. <laughs> oh, dang. That's Yo, that's a throwback. That's a throwback, bro. Yeah. All right. One last question before we wrap up this, this topic right here about the lo-fi scene. How do you think the lo-fi scene is going to change in coming years? Mm, mm, mm. So I've noticed a lot of like subgenres of lo-fi. Like, uh, probably think about this like way too much, but there's like you know there's there's the trap influence that's happening right now. But then at the same time, I feel like trap. Maybe I'm the only one who thinks this. Trap is like dying. Like trap is becoming just too prevalent. Like too many people are making trap. I feel like people are getting tired of it. There's some Latin beat influences in pop music right now too. But so like what's happening with lo-fi? I feel like lo-fi is getting more popular because of chill hop and YouTube playlists for sure. Uh, so what's next? What's next for, for lo-fi? I think what's next for lo-fi is Tycoon taking, taking Storm, like taking the game by Storm. Yeah. Let's go, man. 2019. Onwards and upwards. I think clarinets are next. That's what I'm going to say. I think clarinets are next for Lo-Fi. Whoa. That, some clarinets. I like that. I like that. I'm not doing it. I just... No, you have to. Like, you said it. 
Okay, maybe I'll, I'll work on some clarinets. Let's go, and, bro. I think, I think that the lo-fi world needs to embrace clarinets. We've done trumpets, we've done flutes. There's nothing else left except clarinets. Let's get it, man. <laughs> it's a trend. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell all my lo-fi buddies to start using clarinets. Yeah, let's, let's see, do it. Let's see if we can make it happen. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. I, I'm just, I'm loving this interview. We'll kind of move into the, the end of it. So. I like to do a speed question round with every guest. So I'm going to ask a quick question, just shoot a quick response, and we'll just kind of go through it. Okay, okay. are you ready? Yes. All right, let's go. <clears throat> Three, two, one. What is your favorite color? Blue. Favorite food? Corned beef. Favorite movie? No Country for Old Men. Favorite song at the moment? <sighs> every Single Thing by Homeshake. Languages you speak? English, Japanese, not really. Flex, bro. Countries you want to visit? Japan, uh, Singapore, Thailand, the Philippines again, uh, and France. Yeah. All right. And Germany. last question. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Last one. Something you want to do that you have never done before? Skydiving. Skydiving. Awesome. Taiku, my man, thank you so much for coming on the episode today. I love all of your thoughts. Your mentality is fantastic. Your music is fantastic. And, dude, I think you've got a bright future. I'm excited to, to get this thank out you. there. Before we go, is there any last words you want to tell the audience? Anything you want to say? I just want to say thank you for, you, like, you doing this. Like, this is really cool. I think it's awesome to have a platform for, like, more artists to speak. Yeah, it's just, like, thanks. Like, it's a, it's a great idea, and I love like the whole format just the interview like it's cool it's cool to be asked like what i think <laughs> tycoon i am i am humbled my man thank you very very much for, for coming on and, and having such a great interview to the audience guys i really encourage you to check out his music uh, I've, I've listened to all of it actually to be honest and i just enjoy all of it uh, especially all his it? recent christmas ep it's really really good he samples home alone he samples some anime samples like it's just great stuff so i hope you guys do check it out I'll give you his links to see it. And of course, I will see you next week. Thank you for listening and goodbye. Bye, guys. It's a terrible day for rain.